everything you need to know in order to succeed in marriage. From practical advice to current events, this is the EXO Podcast. Now here's your host, Brent Evans. Hey, everybody. This is the EXO Podcast. We're coming to you again. We're actually in Houston, Texas at our EXO Conference here at Grace Church in Houston, Texas. We're having a great time. A lot of couples are here this weekend building their marriage, building their relationship, and we love doing that here, and we also love doing it through the podcast. We have a great interview coming up with the pastors of Grace Church, Garrett and Andrea Booth. Yes, yes. Garrett and Andrea. Great they're couple. awesome. They are a great couple, and they're going to have a session that you're going to watch here in a minute, a clip, but I've got Ashley and Caitlin with me this morning as well. Hey everybody. Hi. We're happy to be here. I'm always amazed. They're teaching together, which is something that's so hard, um, but they're going to have a great message this afternoon. Their message is on how to build a vision for your marriage, and they talk a lot about having a vision retreat and building this strong vision to unify your marriage. It's a very powerful message, and we're going to show a clip from that coming up here in a minute. So I promise you you'll enjoy them. I promise you you'll enjoy our EXO conferences if you want to check them out. Mm-hmm. We're going on the road this fall uh, to Rockford, Illinois. And in Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeehaw, another <laughs> Texas tour stop. You'll love, we love it. it. And so don't wait. you want to register for those early so you can get uh, in there for the early bird special. So check those out. But for right now, I want you to watch this clip from the booths from the EXO conference. everybody. Welcome to the podcast. We are having a good time here in Houston, Texas, talking to you and to our podcast listeners about marriage. And the conference is going on. This is our fifth tour stop of the year. And we're with some great people, pastors of Grace Church, Garrett and Andre Booth. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Our Thank pleasure. You. Glad you guys yeah. are here. Great to be here. Caitlin Edwards is my co-host as well. She's back and we're having a good time here. And again, we just were Jacksonville, Florida last weekend. So it's been a blur of a lot of conferences. We also have Facebook joining us. Uh, hey, podcast listeners, we have Facebook joining us. We'll be doing some questions later on in this segment from our Facebook audience live. I like to put people that are guests on the spot. So. <laughs> and they've got good questions. They come up with some really good questions. Give them a hard one. Oh, they, no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they need to know. So, okay. But the first thing I want to talk to you guys about, you're going to be speaking this afternoon at the conference. And uh, I want you guys, just to our audience, to share a little bit about the message you're going to be bringing this afternoon. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to be talking about having a vision for your marriage and what that's all about, why you need that, what it is, and how to do that. Yeah, we think it's really uh, such a help to couples to get on the same page when it comes to having a vision for your marriage. You know, lots of people think, well, we got a marriage license. Isn't that all we need? Mm-hmm. Well, there's there's other things maybe God wants to say to you that can help you have a, a really fulfilled marriage. And we're going to talk about how this actually changed our marriage and changed our life too. It's good. Uh, the building that we're in, it's a beautiful building. We were here before for a conference and then we were supposed to come back last year. And of course, Hurricane Harvey hit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking around. Y'all have done an amazing job in the last eight months. You'd never know that anything oh, happened yeah. here. It's Thanks. beautiful. But there's drone footage that we've saw that, of course, with the, all the water in the building. Uh, right. But tell me about that in, in the church's history. How have y'all sort of recovered from it? Just for our audience to know firsthand how y'all recovered from that. Yeah, so like so many people saw on the news or, uh, you know, wherever you got your news, the pictures of what happened in Houston, unprecedented flooding. I think it was like three trillion gallons of water over a couple of days just in this city. And so, uh, I mean, it was devastating in a lot of ways. Here at the church, uh, the whole church was flooded. And uh, then, of course, that's just like a lot of people in our community. Their homes were flooded. 
And um, so we were out in the community just helping rescue people. It's the first thing you do. You want to just preserve as much life as you can. And so we were doing that. And then as soon as the water receded, uh, the church people just started showing up here. We had a couple thousand volunteers over the space of a couple days, took out everything that was wet, cut out the sheetrock, and uh, just tried to make this place habitable so we could be home base to help so many people in the community that were hurting. And so... While we're real grateful and we think it's, we want the church to look great, what I'm most proud of is that to date we have helped more than 2,000 families in their homes get back on their feet. Wow. So while we've been rehabbing this, we've been helping people out in the community. And I think that's what it's really all about. And of course, you guys at Marriage Today helped us do that, uh, be out in the community, which is, was a great cause. And we're so grateful for your help and partnership. Yeah. These disasters and things that happen like this can put a strain on families. You're displaced. But even for you guys going through this stressful time, how does that impact your marriage? How do you walk through that together? Well, prayer. Yeah. (laughs) Prayer is essential. And you really do. In those kinds of times, you do just really run to God. And I think it's so important that you keep that as the focus every single morning that you say, thank you, God, that your provision is for us today. And you, we maybe have made our plans, but you're going to order our steps today. And you know this before it even happened. Right. And so we just try to step into that and we try to encourage the people and you do, you do, your schedule gets out of whack and you just accept it and move on and readjust and recalibrate and, um, you know, just come together and communicate way more. I think communication is essential in those times of disaster and, and, and trauma. And especially for the families out there in our church, we, we, we try to encourage them and, um, put people in their life and said, we're here, we're here for you. We want you to come and receive, and we want to be a blessing to you. And so it really did just bring us all together as a family, which was very unique. It makes sense how it could either bring you together or totally pull you apart, kind of make that decision. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, you know, it's a good picture of what it feels like to be overwhelmed. Our whole city was overwhelmed. And... And we were overwhelmed and the community was overwhelmed. And that can happen in a lot of ways. That can just happen in a marriage where two people just feel totally overwhelmed by circumstances or tragedy or health crisis or something that happens to one of your parents. And you can walk through those moments. And I think one of the things that we really held on to and tried to help our team hold on to is that you don't have to solve everything today. Just put one foot in front of the other today with your hand in God's hand. And one day you're going to look up, you're going to be through this. So good. Houston Strong. Houston Strong, Houston man. Strong. Right. <laughs> that was, uh, and then the fires in, in uh, Napa happened. It was Napa Strong, but yeah, right. everybody was stealing it. Uh, no, but y'all really did come together. We were going to be here last year. We went to Oklahoma City instead, and I know our good friends up there, John Chastine, uh, he kind of helped out too. We were able to raise some money. I'm so glad to see the church now because I feel like, you know, Hurricane Harvey was a massive thing, and to see what's come out of that um, is, is really it's really awesome, awesome, awesome stuff. So Facebook yeah. Live, hello. We are here at Houston, Texas. We're taking some Facebook questions if you have them, and we love uh, answering those live. I do have some questions, though, coming in for you. Um, this is a great one from Joe. He says, the church is quick to offer a divorce recovery class, but behind the curve on counseling couples on sex before marriage in a frank manner. Your thoughts? Well, we here offer a class on that, and um, we try to, yeah, be proactive and talk about how to protect your marriage beforehand. And that, um, yeah, we don't want to see anybody walk through divorce. That's not God's plan. But, you know, obviously we want to offer opportunity for you to come and learn with other people. So I think it's great when churches offer classes and that you should dive right in. No marriage is too good 
to go to a marriage class or a marriage conference. Everybody needs help and everybody needs encouragement. And so we try to look at it that way here at Grace, but we also offer the other as well as as recovery. I think every uh, every couple should invest in um, being ready for marriage. And that comes down to whatever premarital program. And I think every church should have a marriage ministry that prepares people for marriage, helps them during marriage, and uh, helps people have a successful marriage. You know, like your dad says, you have a 100% chance of success in marriage when you do it God's way. And so that begins at the beginning. And so uh, we ought to be there to help people. And uh, it is it is kind of a tragedy to this guy's point that uh, many churches, they help pick up the pieces afterwards. But mm-hmm. what would happen if we got on the front end yeah. and helped them put it together right from the beginning? Yeah. I think we'd see a lot greater results. Uh, tell me about Grace Church, uh, demographic-wise. You'll have young, middle, the range, old. Uh, what are you seeing in terms <laughs> of numbers? Yeah, so we're, we're a, really a church for all generations. The church is 34 years old. And um, so we have a really pretty good spread generationally uh, in leadership, volunteering, and also in the church. And so uh, we always have brand new couples coming in. They're just starting out their life. We have couples that, uh, you know, are seasoned. <laughs> they have uh, Maybe they have a couple of kids. Maybe their kids are junior high, high school, or they're graduating their kids out. And then empty nesters and everything in between. And one of the things that um, that we do, that a lot of churches do, is try to take some of those couples that are seasoned and have a, a really great history. They got some miles on the odometer, and pair them up with couples that are just getting started uh, to help answer questions and help them see what a healthy marriage looks like. Because so many uh, couples today, they're getting married, they've had never had a picture of a healthy marriage, and so church is a place you can get that. We want to offer that. When people want to get plugged into Grace Church or really any church, this is a very much a norm and a growing trend. They want to become a member of the church. They're living together, but they don't have the same last name. Mm-hmm. How do you have conversations with people who are cohabiting in a way that's loving and affirming, but not necessarily condoning that sure. the benefit of that lifestyle? Yeah, man, what a great question. Well, I think the, the first priority is to uh, lift up marriage and talk about marriage in a really positive way a lot. And I think that's really important. You know, I don't, as Christians, we don't have anything to run from when it comes to marriage. We've actually got the answers. And so to, to put that out there and say, man, we can help you. And, and marriage is good. And you can have a great marriage and, and even address some of that head on, even in a loving way. And uh, talk about how being happily married together is different than being roommates. It's different than living under the same roof. There's more than that that God wants to do, and we can show you how. And so uh, I think coming from it from a positive that way, rather than taking a stick and beating somebody, can, can be really helpful. Because at our heart, all of us have a heart for marriage. We want that. It's helping people figure out how to get there so, uh, many times. That, and that's not uh, what the really world's them showing them. The world yeah. is just telling you... We're seeing more and more. We do research all the time, even just for this podcast. And people are delaying marriage. They're not wanting to get married. They're starting sure. families. They're they're taking the the steps without the commitment, yeah. and the repercussions that it has on the family unit and on just even poverty in general. It's crazy. Yeah, the statistics do tell the story if we could really just look at the statistics of what that lifestyle is bringing about in our culture. Mm -hmm. I think it would be eye opening and um, to people to understand that that is not a blessed life at all. It's not living the blessed life. And if you want to live the blessed life, you got to do it God's way and his way. He invented marriage and that's his way. Mm -hmm. 
This yeah. question came in, and I want to rephrase it. This person asked, what is the best way that my wife and I can argue about the kids? But I think a better word is to discuss the kids. Because our, setting it up that we're going to argue about it was a better way to fight. But how do you discuss kids in reality? Because my wife and I have three kids, and it's, um, it could be really tense. And our discussions could get really serious. Uh, how do you discuss yeah. those sorts of things in marriage? Yeah, what do you have to say? In the ideal that? world, you would pray first, <laughs> but that doesn't always happen. It kind of can hit you, blindside you at times when you have discussions about the kids, but um, I, or arguments, if you will. But I think that first you have to listen to one another. Really listen. Don't be thinking about what you're going to say next, because I mean, be an active listener. Really take in what they're saying, their point of view, and then I think praying about it, especially if you have a disagreement about it. Pray about it. Open up the word. What does the word say about it? And don't make a decision until I mean, make a decision if the word says something definitely on it. But um, if it's something where it's between two good things, you need to just stay still until you can be in agreement. I think. Right. And don't make a major decision without being at peace with one another. Yeah, at times when we've had, um, you know, intense conversations, uh, one of the just kind of little tips that we've been told is, you know, don't have those in front of the kids because um, kids already feel so unstable in the environment today with the way families are breaking down and all of them have friends whose parents are getting divorced and it started out because they were arguing. And so... um, our, we have two kids, 18 and 13, and we were on a family trip, and I was interviewing them a little bit <laughs> and asking them, you know, what, what makes you feel secure, safe? What do you think we ought to tell other parents? And uh, one of the things they said was, we really appreciate it that you don't fight all the time in front of us because what happens when we see that, a little bit of that, our mind goes to our parents are probably going to get divorced like good. John's yeah. folks. Yeah, so They see that all around them. So yeah. we try to save the intense conversations for private. <laughs> Go someplace that's got no weapons, yeah, right. padded walls. It gives us a chance to simmer down, too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Can I talk to you in the bedroom right now? Uh, we just got a question from Facebook from uh, Bianca or Blanca. She said, what can I do when the marriage is in danger, they're separated, um, and she wants to work, or when one spouse wants to work on it more than the other? Yeah. Well, I think that Certainly, um, that can be a real challenge, and I think even reaching out to ask that question is is really good because it just kind of reveals you know her heart to want to want to do something mm-hmm. I and mean, one of the things you got to remember is that you can really only work on yourself and and you can pray and should and all of us should you can pray and should for your spouse, uh, but you can 't make them do something, mm-hmm. but you can work on yourself and and you can say God what what could you change in me? Mm-hmm. And while you're praying for a miracle, and we really do believe in the power of prayer. I, I absolutely feeling that prayer is the first response there. But I do also think that you can do what we just learned today and that servant hearted um, serving your spouse. Yes. And um, I think Jesus is seen through that and it can tear down some walls that might be there built up yeah. in that servant attitude. And you may not be being served back. I can totally see how that can happen, especially when one doesn't want to work on it. But if you can just keep doing it, because not everyone that Jesus served, served him back ever. Right. So I think that um, we just take that attitude. I know you can just ask yourself, what would Jesus do in this situation? That's that old saying, but um, it works, I think. And so um, I feel like it, it really maybe be a long road, but it'll be worth it. Yeah. And to the point, 
I think this was part of the session that we just heard is um, don't make your decisions based on your feelings. You know what? You're going to have difficult feelings if you're going through a crisis. It's going to happen. You can't really trust those. You have to make a, a, a quality decision that goes beyond that. And sometimes serving when you don't feel like it falls in that category. Yeah. Good job, guys. Great answers. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Facebook, thanks for joining us. Um, we're going to be listening to a clip right now from y'all's session that you're going to do in the future that we're going to put on the podcast. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> we're coming to you from the future. Uh, now, we're going to hear, hear a session, a clip from their session at the EXO Houston Conference, Garrett and Andrea Booth. I know you're going to love it. Please watch this, and we'll be right back. And when it comes to a marriage vision, there are really three options. And I want you to think about which one of these three would connect to maybe where you are right now. Option number one, no vision. I didn't even know we needed a vision for our life. Like, what is that exactly? And I thought all we needed was like a marriage license. But the scripture teaches us that without vision, the people perish. How can two walk together if they're not agreed? Write down the vision and make it plain. And the same is true for a marriage vision. You may be here today and you say, I I know God put us together. I know that God has a plan for our life, but I just don't know how or what, how this is going to work out. Yeah, and so many people have that question. They're 100% sure God put them together and 100% sure that they have no idea why. And so... (laughs) having no vision, that's really, really common. But we want to take you from there to uh, maybe another step that we'll show you could be more fulfilling for your marriage. The second option when it comes to a marriage vision, the first option is no vision. The second option is die vision. Okay. And I spelled it this way on purpose, die vision, because it is a compound word. Die means two and vision. So literally what it means is two visions. This is where you have two people with uh, different ideas about where we're going, fighting to be in charge. And many times marriage can feel like this. You have a vision, your spouse has a vision, they're different visions, which one is gonna win? And the problem with division is there's always a winner and there's always a loser. And so uh, we have to understand that division isn't God's plan for marriage when it comes to vision. Uh, In a marriage, somebody said it this way, in a marriage, two become one, and then spend the rest of their life fighting over which one. So that can happen, and that's division. In fact, this isn't just a problem for marriages even in America. Uh, If you go around the world, conflict and division uh, appears everywhere. It appears in relationships in all kinds of ways. In fact, if you, in Chinese, the symbol for division is one house with two heads. One house with two heads two fighting ideas about where we're going and what we're going to be. And that can cause a lot of conflict when it comes to, uh, to division, two people that are pulling in, uh, in different directions. And so even for us in ministry, you could say, man, we're Christians that that shouldn't happen. That can still happen. We're in ministry. That shouldn't happen. That can still happen. We're doing good things. You can still see a lot of struggle in your marriage, even in doing good things. You can have lots of activity and not much productivity. Lots of busyness and not a lot of progress. You can have lots of frantic running around and not much fruitful results. So division is really common. So there's no vision, die vision. And then here's the third option, and that's God's vision. This is one where both of you have God's vision for your marriage. So instead of one house with two heads, in our home, 
God is the head and we both serve him. And this was important to us. This is what we wanted. And you can be a Christian out there and not have a marriage vision. And we didn't. We were stuck there. We loved each other, but we also frustrated each other. We loved each other so much, but we were out of sync. We didn't know what each other wanted for the future. We didn't know where this marriage was going. What was it going to look like? And why were we so frust- why were we getting so frustrated with each other all the time? We did not have a vision for our marriage. Yeah, so we wanted to find, like so many of us here today, we want to know God's will for our marriage. And we wanted to find God's plan for our marriage. And we, wanted, we certainly wanted God's help. Uh, and when it came to finding a marriage vision, what is it that, what is the reason why God has put us together? So what's a marriage vision? It is the answer to the question, why did God put us together? And whichever place you find yourself, if you don't have a vision, we want to talk to you about that. If maybe you feel divided, we want to help you with that. If you're here today and you know what God's vision is for your marriage, we just want to press you even more forward into the future that God has for you. So uh, let's shift gears. Let's talk about the why the why of a marriage vision, because there's some real great benefits to pursuing God's vision for your marriage. You might say, well, you know, what's the big deal? What does this really do for me? How does this really help us? We want to talk about that and just unpack several of those benefits and talk about uh, what they are for you and for us. First is this shared goals. When you have a marriage vision, you have shared goals. We know where we're going. See, if I asked you today, if, if just the four of us were sitting somewhere and said, well, what's your vision for your marriage? And you said, uh, how do you get to, uh, right. you know, I put it in practical terms that we can all understand. If you were going from Houston to Dallas, you're headed from Houston to Dallas, you know where your destination is. You know, when you get to Bucky's, you're about halfway there. It's the last <laughs> clean bathroom between here and Dallas. You know, you just kind of, you know the journey, right? And you can understand how you're making progress along the way because you have a shared goal. So having a shared goal in your marriage is really important and it comes out of having a marriage vision together. Yeah, and shared effort. And I think this is so important because we can feel alone sometimes in our marriage if we're not sharing the effort. So this is another reason why we need to have God's vision for our marriage. Why we need, we need to share this responsibility. I don't need to feel alone. He doesn't need to feel like he's alone. We need to share the responsibility. It needs to be shared together in a way that we feel like we're working towards that one goal and that we are making progress. Yeah, so instead of a place of conflict where it's one house with two heads fighting over who's going to be in charge, it helps you to both get on the same page and move together as a team. Uh, The third benefit of having a marriage vision is this, easier decision making. When we have a goal, when we have a vision, it helps making decisions become easier for us because when we're pursuing something in life, we have a choice to make about where we're going to live. We have a choice to make about where our kids are going to go to school. We have a choice to make about an opportunity that's in front of us. We can put that up against the vision God's given us and it makes it really easy to say that fits with the vision God's given us or that doesn't fit with the vision that God's given us. There can be good things and good opportunities in your life that don't fit in the vision God's given you. And when that happens and you have that vision clear, it makes it easier to make a decision about those things. Sometimes things that are good in our life can actually rob us from what's best. And so what we want to do is have a clear vision so that it helps making those decisions 
go easier. And another reason why is shared success. We need to celebrate some success together. And when you have this goal and you have this, this decision made together, you can excuse me, share the success together. And you can celebrate. And it's such a great feeling when that happens. It's great to hit a milestone in a vision and know that you're progressing and you're moving forward and you're doing that together. And here's the last benefit. And this is probably the biggest one. So put this down in your notes. The last benefit of having a marriage vision is God's provision. If I said today, how many people want God's help to build your marriage? Every hand in this place would go up. We know that we need God and we want him at the center of our life together. And here's what I want you to see. When we find God's vision for our marriage, we get God's provision for our marriage. The word provision means for the vision. God will provide for every vision that he gives us. So if you're pursuing the dream that God's given for your marriage, God's going to provide along the way. How many think that's a good idea? Don't you want God's provision for your marriage? We did. We want God's help and his provision. And so when we can tap into that, man, what a huge benefit of having a a vision together. So that's what a vision is and why we want to have a vision. And after hearing those benefits, I mean, all of us would say, man, we really want that. So let's, let's talk to you a little bit about how. What about the how of a marriage vision? How do you do that? How do you get there? How do you get there? And that really is the question that the how of a marriage vision answers. How do you get there? Because you could be here and wherever you find yourself on the marriage spectrum, newly married, just getting started. Maybe you've been married for a while and you have some struggles. Maybe you're in a place that's really difficult and you'd even say, man, I feel like our marriage is on ICU right now. You know what? We believe that God can help all of us when it comes to grabbing hold of this idea of vision. And that's a little bit about where we were. We were at a place where we were having some some real conflicts. Yeah, together. we were having frustration after frustration. Like I said, we loved each other and we wanted to have God's plan in our life, but we were frustrated and we didn't understand why. And we started to come up with the fact that we weren't prioritizing. This is one of the frustrations that, that I had at least is I didn't feel like Garrett was prioritizing our family. And I felt like he wanted to, he just didn't know how to. And so Tell them a little bit about that. Yeah, I was, I, I was working a lot. I mean, like m- most all the guys that want to be uh, successful and uh, to the point where in the first five years of our marriage, we didn't take any vacation time at all. I was too busy and you know what? I was working at the church here and so things were just busy. Nobody really told me that I couldn't take a vacation, but I always had something important on the plate. And so Andre would say, man, let's, maybe we could take some time and say, no, I'm too busy. And by the way, we're doing the Lord's work. You know what I mean? So much happening and all this. And so five years went by. We literally hadn't taken any time uh, together. And so Andre came in one day and, and we had a conversation about that. And she said, you know, um, I think we ought to take a vacation. I gave her my standard answer. No, I don't think so. But I have so much going on. I really love to, but we have so much going on. I don't think we can do that. And she said, well, I thought you might say that. So I have an alternative for you. If you don't want to go ask for a vacation, I'll call your boss and ask him for you. (laughs) How many know that motivated me? I decided maybe I had better make that phone call. You know what I'm saying? Because I'd have to turn in my man card if I did that. So 
so I made the call and we went on the, we went on the first vacation that we had taken since we'd been married. And what I didn't realize, and this is one of the great uh, benefits, guys, uh, of, of women. One of the things is that they're so wired in emotionally where many times we're not. Here's what I didn't realize. I really needed that time. We went away for one week, and uh, it, it was not until Thursday. It was the fourth day we were gone that emotionally I started to unwind and start to feel at peace. I had so five much years stress <laughs> built up there. And, but that was a challenge, to learn to prioritize uh, that time. I hope you guys enjoyed that clip from Garrett and Andrea Booth. They are some uh, of our EXO speakers. We love them. It's great to, be, to have been in their house at the EXO conference. Yes. Thank you so much, Grace Church. It's always a pleasure. We're already planning on coming back in 2019. We're going to have uh, that date released soon. But before then, we still have some upcoming 2018 dates. That's going to be in Rockford, Illinois in September, and then Austin, Texas in October. And you can find out more information on exomarriage.com. Great stuff. Yeah, we love the booths. And actually, last year, Hurricane Harvey hit the church, and they've yeah. just remodeled this whole thing. It's, it looks incredible. Beautiful. Their staff's been so accommodating. They're just, it's a really awesome house. It's pretty, pretty amazing. And they're a great couple, and they have welcomed us here. Actually, the tour date, I just, behind the scenes, yes. talked to my dad. You heard it 6th. first. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. April 6th, next year, 2019, at Grace Church, we'll Save have another Exo Houston conference. And we'll be posting those at Exo Marriage soon. Hey, if you like the podcast, Please subscribe to the feed and tell your friends about it. Give us some reviews on uh, all of the platforms, Apple, iTunes, all those. It really helps us in the rankings. We want people to find great marriage resources when they're searching for help. Exactly. And that's something they can do through the podcast. So tell your friends about it. We love having you every week. Thanks for listening and joining us. We'll be back next week with some more exciting interviews and some great content. See you then.